Needed podcast. My name is Kendall Becker and I am your host, but I am also a fashion editor and trend forecaster, meaning that I hear a lot of incredible stories throughout my career. Oftentimes, I don't have the perfect fit for these stories, but I knew that they needed to be told. So welcome to the Curated Podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing passion and purpose and curating a life path that is perfect for you, whatever that may look like. Tune in weekly for conversations with global creatives in fashion, luxury, hospitality, wellness, and so much more as we discuss the why in life. And stay tuned for a couple bonus solo episodes as well. And with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Julianne Frazier entered the world of media during what we like to jokingly call the wild west of digital marketing. Think OG influencer marketing, blogging, all of that good stuff. She started in-house in luxury hospitality and now owns her own agency and her clients range from fashion to wellness and hospitality. While that's all amazing, what Julianne does behind the scenes is even cooler. She's so big into mindset, she actually lives a bi-continental lifestyle. And it's so interesting to hear how her time in France has influenced her mindset and even her hobbies like cooking. Plus, she takes a really unconventional approach to how she runs her business that I'm really obsessed with. Whether you work in media, you're looking for work-life balance, or wanting to dive into business mindset, I think you'll find this episode really valuable. All right, so let's kick it off with the basics here. Tell me what you're doing and how you got into this digital space. Yeah, so um, I launched Dialogue New York, my consultancy, five years ago, just over five years. Mm -hmm. And I kind of fell into digital marketing, social media marketing right after graduating of FIT like okay, 10 years yeah. ago. And it was right around the time that Instagram launched and I like serendipitously fell into a role in social media at Ian Schrager Hotels. And it Which was at a time- so fun. Oh, it was so fun. Yes. And I was definitely thinking I would fall into fashion and I kind of fell into hospitality unexpectedly. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, it was at the time where nobody was paying attention to social media. It didn't matter. Instagram was just launching. It was kind of this aside um, thought. So mm-hmm. when starting my career, I was able to like test and learn and take risks and nobody was paying attention. Wait, that's kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's so fun anymore. to play without like someone oh, yeah. really down your neck of like, oh God, what did oh, I totally. do? I just blew a million dollar budget. And there was no like algorithm. There was no considerations like that. It was yeah. really the basics of like content and authenticity. And at the time too, the very, very beginnings of influence marketing, we mm-hmm. had Kiara Fragni and like Shay Marie and these OG yes. influencers coming into town for fashion week. And we were developing campaigns at the hotel, uh-huh. totally naturally in partnership with them. So I love it was that. a really okay. good like base um, understanding of social, digital, um, and throughout my career, you know, dabbled in a number of different things. But mm-hmm. in launching Dialogue five years ago, I was kind of recognizing what I lovingly refer to as like the Wild West of influence marketing. Right. And it's even more so now than ever before. Oh my god, isn't it funny of how much it's evolved? But I feel like. We know like less and less yeah. with the rate that everything changes that yeah. it's like really it's the Wild West more, is staying. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. Nuts. And at the time, like then, there were just so many different players involved. There were PR firms, 
you know, mm-hmm. really understanding the creativity and personality of influence marketing. And there were performance marketing agencies that really understood the importance of trackability and measuring results. Yeah. And there were platforms that were evolving to kind of automate it. Um, but I felt like there was this opportunity to kind of build a hybrid and what I believe is like the, mm-hmm. the most effective way to, to build a program and a community around a brand, yeah. incorporating all of those factors. And so I, I really just started, you know, with one client. Um, it was an old boss of mine. I started with Shiseido as my first client. Oh my gosh. Wow. Which an amazing first client to it have. Great. It was Incredible. Very, very, very lucky. Um, a mentor of mine who really just believed in me from day one and they ended mm-hmm. up staying a client for like three and a half years. So oh my God, so it was nice. amazing, but it was just me, you know, like sitting on a couch at home, um, doing, you know, consulting and, and learning and testing. And now we've evolved into an agency mm-hmm. of eight and um, really like international clients from just about all the corners of the world. And so, yeah, it grew quickly, but it started off really humbly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so exciting and like such a risk too to go out onto your own. Tell me like what was the decision process like? Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like I was working at an agency before then. Mm-hmm. So I had the confidence in knowing just the basics of consulting and I was building influencer and, and marketing strategies for brands. Yeah. So I had sort of that confidence in the what, but the how, um, you know, and running an agency and managing everything outside of the work itself, right. um, growing new business, pitching, branding my company and whatnot, um, was all new to me. Mm-hmm. But I will say I started off very, very simply like okay. I didn't force myself and it's it's funny now looking back I as I'm thinking of new projects that lie ahead my brain skips ahead to like building something momentous and like at the caliber yeah. but at the time I was very much like I didn't have I had a brand name I didn't have a website I mm-hmm. didn't have um you know any sort of brand decks I didn't have publicity I didn't have any of the aspects that I thought would lead to a successful agency right I just had some connections and some great network of people mm-hmm. that believed in me and I had faith in my like work and so it started off very very simply and not as not that as intimidating as you'd imagine because right. It was like, listen, I'm going to give this a go. I have six-month contracts. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that leads. And from there, just kind of snowballed. But okay, amazing. really low pressure to start. That's really nice, right? Because there is so many facets that go into running a business that mm-hmm. I do feel like a lot of people get caught up in the like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I can go do this. And you get kind of scared if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in deep water here. Like, what do I do? And how do I make this happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just so impressive to be able to have that and then evolve it into what it is today. It's really interesting because like I work every day with phenomenal entrepreneurs that have launched um, CPG brands mm-hmm. or, or you know services and I look at them and I'm like that's a, incredible like I couldn't imagine oh, yeah. fundraising and starting something from scratch and I think starting consultancy is you know much simpler but it's it's all kind of relative right because oh, yeah, absolutely. there's certain things that were very natural to me and, and going out and building new business d- did never scare me yeah um, but I think it's just you know a matter of like having that intuition when the time is right and not letting yourself talk, you know, talk yourself out of it. Oh, 100%. Right. Because I mean, so many things you don't know until you start to do it that you just have to really trust yourself. Oh yeah. How did you like build that trust in yourself? Like, is there a moment in the course of your career or like, how have you Mm. curated your mindset to be able to uphold something like this? Well, I will say that, um, a lot is to credit to my business coach. I've been working with a business coach for oh, two years. Okay, yes. She's a mindset coach. She specializes in mindset. Um, and 
I didn't really realize, I started working with him three years into having dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, by all intents and purposes, the agency has always been successful and profitable and yeah. it like checked all the boxes, but I was finding I was kind of in a, a stage of boredom and like mm-hmm. plateauing almost. Yeah. And it was really in working with him that I started to recognize all of the stories I was telling myself of like that, you know, and also growing up, I, I'm from Canada, but I've been mm-hmm. in New York for 10 years, really forming my career in New York. There's a lot of stories around what success looks like, what a female entrepreneur should look like, 100%. all of these notions and stories you tell yourself of, I will not be successful unless X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And together with him, I started to dismantle all those stories. And I think that that was sort of the moment where everything skyrocketed for me because it was the moment I stopped believing what society would, you know, tell you is the way to be successful. And I just Mm -hmm. kind of went with my gut. Um, That new opportunity started to kind of form and the doors open. I love that. I've been hearing a lot about business coaches lately. Mm -hmm. And I love it because it really, it's great to have, you know, I mean, I love therapy. Go to therapy Mm -hmm. for sure, 100%. But having someone who understands business and applying all those really great you know, mindset, reset, all of those tricks and tips to something that is so tangible, I feel like is really valuable. Yeah. And I think there is a big difference. I mean, I'm a big proponent of therapy as well. And, um, and I think the relationship is entirely different because I think they help you recognize the why and the, and the background Mm -hmm. and kind of where things stem from and working with my business coach, it's very much um, not as focused on why have you, you know, right. arrived at this destination, but it's about looking forward and kind of recognizing how you're getting in your own way. So yeah, absolutely. It's like, how are we really putting this into action? Totally. Yeah. I think that's great too. I totally relate this year. I feel like I was feeling a little stuck in my business as well and really started to put myself in new environments. And that got me breaking out of, you know, we love New York, but I feel like mm-hmm. There is, like, this idea that New York plants, that, like, mm-hmm. this is what success equals. Yeah. And going and talking to people who are, like, you know, across the world or even in L.A., mm-hmm. it was so interesting to hear their takes on what success felt like for them. That I was like, oh, my God, we can have fun with these things. And it doesn't have to be so serious. We want to make money. We want to yeah. run a successful business and pay the employees, yeah. of course. But there is that element of fun. Like you want to be excited about what you're doing. And I feel like the success is tenfold greater when you're enjoying it and you're having fun. Like I know that sounds mm-hmm. cheesy, but like I, I um, probably two years prior to COVID, mm-hmm. um, my husband's French, he was wanting to move back to France and I was wanting to stay in New York and we decided, okay, we're going to do this dual like bi-continental lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Living between Paris and, and New York and going back and forth just about every six to eight weeks. Amazing. And that's something where, again, the New Yorker in me would be like, there's zero chance you can sustain a business. Clients will be concerned you're not at your desk, at mm-hmm. your seat in New York City. Um, the time difference is going to be a challenge. You can go through all the excuses. 100%. And it was at that moment that my business skyrocketed. And even thereafter, at during COVID, when I was in Canada for some time, or like, you know, the the world of isolation, that yeah. the growth continued. So I feel like that's such a perfect example where New York mentality would say, like, you have to work 12 hours a day in New York, hustle and grind. And it was completely the opposite for me. Yes. And accepting, like, that I was f- crafting a life that I loved and 
living, you know, this bicontinental life that I really dreamt of. Oh my God, the dream, yes. Where success came, you know. Yes, it is so funny. Literally, such a similar thing happened to me this year, too. I had always wanted to try out the nomad thing. Mm-hmm. Ed was always really scared, too. Like, I run my own business. How am I supposed to leave? I need to be here to network. And, I mean, half of the success came, I'm like, sitting in Costa Rica, running a market mm-hmm. appointment. Totally. And I'm like, this is just as well as if I was sitting in my Soho studio. Like, why just not? Just a story that we've been told that right. you have to do it this way. But the minute you break out of that, you're oh, more enlightened, you're more, like, satisfied with it, and that leads to just greater success. You know? Absolutely. Which, okay, so now that we've touched on this Parisian lifestyle, tell me about what being bicontinental is like. I mean, it, that sounds so crazy, <laughs> but it was, you know, it has its pros and cons. Certainly, mm-hmm. I think that um, there's a lot, now having lived through it, I feel like I, I've formed a lot, a great deal of my identity is a split between sort of like the, the New Yorker mentality, but also this like French um, way of living. Yeah. And I think New York made me who I am and it gave me that like ambition and I, coming back to New York after some time away during COVID, like, mm-hmm. really reminded me of the value of my, my people, my community, the support you have. Yes. And this city, unlike anywhere else, you put yourself out there, you have an idea, everyone comes around to support you, and I feel like 100%. that's so unique. Everyone's like, okay, how can I help out? Like, And, and I really mm-hmm. found that with Dialogue, my business is 100% referral, so, so I've never incredible. gone out and found a client. It's all been referral basis and that's because of the spirit of like New York and mm-hmm. people wanting to help each other out but also like the French lifestyle very much appreciates it you know the cliches everyone assumes is true like you know <laughs> the appreciation for Sundays like the whole city shuts down on Sundays no stores are open oh my goodness like very much it's a, a day for like rejuvenation you, you stay at home you cook you take care of wow. yourself uh, half of July and August are completely offline and the Parisians do not work and all of France doesn't work and that's like it actually true. So mind blowing. Like, I can't even fathom it's, that. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts, but it's but they have and also they have this appreciation for like inviting people into your home and like show showcasing love through cooking and hosting and entertaining so and nice. taking time to like source your ingredients for co- I mean, I could go out on it. Yeah, like, yeah. been such a passion for me, but I think that dichotomy like I don't think I could do one or the other exclusively. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've found this balance between the two that's really formed the life I want to live. Um, and so living between both cities was yeah. um, really beautiful in the sense that I could have that balance. We now are full-time back in Williamsburg. We go okay. to France um, like four or five times a year often. Oh, yeah. but Which is so often and amazing. Totally. Yes. It's just like we, we, we're no longer, we don't have our apartment in Montmartre and we're okay. now like kind of home bases here in New York Mm -hmm. and I will say like it feels really good to be settled and like have that routine and have like roots in one place because Mm -hmm. as much as the like nomadic life was fun I think at a certain degree you do want that kind of like stability so absolutely absolutely there are total pros and cons I've never done it to that extent but having just dabbled in it a bit this year that it really is like I loved it. I feel like each city I spent time in brought out a different side of myself, mm-hmm. which was so interesting to explore. Totally. Then it kind of was like one day it sort of clicked that I was like, wow, I need a home. 100%. That's important too. Yeah. Yes. And even just like sometimes the basics of like, like I cook every night. It's my, my passion. Mm-hmm. And like having a home cooked meal with my husband and watching a movie, I'm like, that boring life is so lovely like you appreciate just the basics of like oh like 
recouping and, and having people over and having friends down the street, mm-hmm. like just very basics are really important to you. I so. very agree. I've had very similar light bulb moments yeah. recently. It, it's interesting because you do kind of sit and, you know, you're sitting in your apartment here and you're dreaming yeah. about how incredible would it be? And sometimes you really just want to curl up on the couch totally. and like drink some tea and call it a day. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about cooking too. So this is something you've dove into more. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably came from living in France for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really grow up cooking that much, but mm-hmm. I met my husband 10 years ago, and going back to France with him, he's from the south of France, so okay. he's from, like, the culinary hub of France. Incredible. And I would just watch his, like, aunts and grandparents and, you know, friends um, cook these really simple, outstanding meals mm-hmm. and put so much love and passion into hosting and we'd sit at the dinner table for like six hours drinking and eating and it was so ritualistic I love that. and like they have such a beautiful way of like it's almost like a, a symphony the way they do their mm-hmm. their dinners and so I, I fell in love with it and I just started getting really curious and asking questions and testing and trying mm-hmm. um and learning from them and then um two years ago I did a um three-week intensive cooking course at the school in Paris uh-huh and that was just like Probably the best experience of my life. It was a dream. What? That is so fun. Just like get yourself into a different headspace and really dive into a new craft. Yeah. It was so cool. And I mean, just a beautiful experience to get to do. That's such a perfect example of like the story I would say. Like, so I was doing that from like 8 a.m. to 3 in Paris. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy for three weeks because (laughs) New York was waking up and starting their days at 3 p.m. Paris time. So Uh I was going from my school getting online and going oh my god would recommend that it's like the recipe it's a lot out. yeah but like in the end had I not it was really my husband that pushed me to do it but like the stories I'd be like my clients will think I'm not you know taking their work seriously or I'm not going to be able to handle the amount of workload and all of that was not true I was able to do it and yeah. I think it's so important to remind yourself that like I, I'm in my early 30s and like I mm-hmm. formed my passions throughout my years in New York to form dialogue and I have this expertise in digital marketing but I I think you also realize like at some point in your life that there's like other things that really fuel your fire and I think allowing space to like try something new Mm -hmm. is so like incredible I would recommend it to anyone my gosh I absolutely love that it's so true really you have to try and be okay with making the space which is a tough thing to go about doing totally I would love to hear your perspective on you know having all of these outside experiences that aren't you know of course like cooking that isn't directly related to digital marketing but how do you think all of that ties back to like better your business yeah I mean I think like oftentimes um it's kind of happened naturally that Mm -hmm. my like client roster has almost it, it very much reflects my passions and I love that great and it's like and I didn't really do it purposely it's not like I went out for it but I think mm-hmm. that when you can bring um passion and knowledge and experience to a client above and beyond digital marketing expertise mm-hmm. but really having a deep understanding of their industry um yes. it really adds value to as a consultant so like we work with um you know, like Gia and Sakara Life in mm-hmm. like the health, wellness, and the food industry. We work with, um, you know, Brooklyn, and we work with um, fashion brands, ATP Atelier, mm-hmm. and Redone Denim, and so amazing. You know, just like, and, and I have this love for fashion, having gone to FIT. Yeah. I have a love for travel. We work with an amazing a new client, which is a, um, a luxury travel um, 
agency. Fabulous. We work with like fashion brands and food brands and health wellness brands. And these Mm -hmm. are all accumulatively what I love so much in my life. Right. And I think just like bringing that passion to these founders um, and an understanding of, of their craft really just goes beyond digital marketing. Right. It brings a level of comfort, I feel like, to clients totally. when, like, they know that you understand their Get business it. and you're yeah. excited about it. It, totally. like, has such a symbiotic relationship yeah. of, like, when that happens. Totally. Yeah, that's really nice. Totally. So tell me a bit about, like, sourcing these brands that you're working with. Like, of course, you said that's all referral, which is amazing, mm-hmm. but how do you kind of sort out, like, is this a great fit and, like, having brands that really, you know, do reflect like your beliefs and your values and all of that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think at the beginning I took any opportunity I could. So like, let's be honest, like at the start (laughs) it was like any and every client I was just starting out. And I think there's a lot to be said with that. Like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, you know, consultants I speak to now go into it very much having expectation of jumping five years ahead and being like, I would like to have a client roster similar to Dialogue. Mm-hmm. But it took time to get there. You know, that took oh, like five sure. years to have a curated um, clientele. And so I w- I'm less focused on necessarily the the brand and the product offering, the service offering, mm-hmm. but more so um, over time I've really realized for us to be successful – the brand has to be at a certain point, have the secret sauce for uh-huh. us to engage our influencer strategies. And ultimately it's in, in order for you to build a really strong community of, of influencers around your brand, you have to have a great, you know, um, brand direction, aesthetic, um, a PR strategy, communication strategy, mm-hmm. a strong advertising strategy. And so all of those pieces of like the marketing puzzle Influencer marketing is sort of the cherry on top that should accelerate everything. If we do our job right, we should support PR and events. We should support your advertising strategy. We should, you know, really bring great, rich content to your editorial strategy. All Mm -hmm. of these aspects in place. But having learned over time, if we jump the gun and we start before that's in place, um, it really just, it falls apart. It's not the most effective Uh use of a brand's budget to invest in influencers until that's in place. So... When we're looking for new brands to bring on board, um, we're very much asking those questions and making sure that that foundation is there, um, regardless of what they, you know. And and I will say, too, like, I think it's really crucial that my team is passionate about it. So Mm -hmm. with any new business opportunity, I send out an email to my team, and I'm like, hey, like, what are your thoughts? Tell me honestly. Is this something you'd be passionate about supporting? Because I think that is crucial to for us to be successful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, with that, I'd love to know about you know, being a leader and how that's evolved from being a solo consultant and like yeah. working with these amazing brands and then evolving into having a team. So what does that process look like with onboarding or running the day-to-day? Yeah. How has it all evolved? I mean, it has been such a learning process. And mm-hmm. humbly, like, I have learned a great deal in the last five years. And I've made many <laughs> mistakes. And I think that the biggest thing that I've really learned over my career mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the, you know, great bosses that I've been fortunate to work with and leaders and mentors um, and the not-so-great bosses, like, to uh-huh. be honest. You learn exist. a lot from them, too. 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think I just kind of was recognizing that I really wanted to lead with empathy mm-hmm. and and it not be a weakness. I think so often yeah. with female founders, um, you try and assert this, like, you know, aggression or whatever, but mm-hmm. I found that um, 
instead of being so stuck in this hierarchical sort of mentality of agency structure that you start off here, you do the grunt work, we all did our due, you know, you uh -huh. behind, right? And oh then, yeah. And then you move your way up and this is the second layer and then this is the top layer and the only way to become a director or VP is through X, Y, and Z. Right. And I've kind of completely cast that aside and I work really individually with each one of my team members mm -hmm. to find their like zone of genius, what fuels them, what makes them excited to come to work and what they're most efficient at. And oftentimes I would put, you know, elements of work on certain team members and mm -hmm. I could see it just drain them. And yeah. instead of just like, and, and then that same work would fuel someone else and make them so excited. So right. we've really formed this team dynamic where yes, there are different levels of seniority, mm -hmm. but we all work collaboratively and everyone has their sort of zone that they're most excited for. Mm -hmm. And what it's led to is like an incredibly efficient and happy, motivated team Amazing. because there's, you know, for them to grow, they have their own individual paths mm -hmm. and it's finding out the work that makes them most passionate and also defining for them what growth looks like. So it's not this sort of like very structured, um, A plus B equals C and that's how mm -hmm. you grow within our company. And so far I think it's just really led to an amazing team dynamic. But like I said, I've made many mistakes throughout the five years to get to that point of, of learning. Absolutely. Um, so it's been, it's been pretty like humbling, but also I'm, I think it's what I'm most proud of, of all with dialogue is just the team we formed and how happy everyone is, you know, coming I to mean, work. That says so much. Like as we know of being in this space, like being happy at work can be really, really yeah. tough to find. Yeah. I love that approach of like the zone of genius. That's yeah. an amazing term. Yeah. And I mean it really is so true because it doesn't necessarily because you're a director or you're a coordinator or whatever it might be, that it doesn't necessarily mean that that certain task like lights you up or someone does something better. Like it really yeah. can vary. So I think having a bespoke approach, like yeah. I would be so much more motivated if I was on your team. I love that. Yeah. And it's also so interesting because like, you know, in a traditional agency structure, the, the top level would be like client management or like strategic management mm -hmm. and whatnot. And there's just some people that are absolutely exceptional at systems and execution and you know, the, the behind the scenes work, which yeah. is so valuable. Mm -hmm. And just because they don't necessarily want to be running calls and, and having that communication, that shouldn't stunt their growth. So it's really of like yes. having the people who are really passionate about the execution, the operational side of things, the organization, and then having people that are really fueled by communicating, building those relationships, working in tandem that like all of a sudden our work just completely like upped because Gosh, everyone's excited. Right, that makes so much sense. It's a, I have a lot of conversations with my girlfriends about that too, that they're like, I honestly don't even want to get promoted. It's like, I like totally. executing, like I'm having fun doing totally. my job. I don't want to yeah. be so involved with the clients right. or like having to have that pressure. Totally. But right, it's, re it's really funny to see that dynamic and I think like, you know, as we all kind of grow and get in that stage of the career when like you're really taking on a lot mm -hmm. that, some people really don't want it or, you know, vice totally. versa. Sometimes and imagine if they could grow doing what they love and mm -hmm. vice versa too. Like, yeah. you know, it might look like someone who's running calls or, or managing clients aren't necessarily doing the nitty gritties of all the execution, but yeah. like that is such a crucial role. And if that's what fuels their fire and gets them excited to like wake up every day and come to work, 
how cool is it that like everyone's just kind of focusing on yeah their it's zone. like why not and if we're all being efficient Totally. Hell yeah, go for it. 100%. Hey, amazing. That's great. <laughs> so I'd love to know too, just like your, your take on the landscape of digital marketing and influencer. Yeah. Like it's changing faster than ever, like we chatted about. But how do you stay on top of all of this? Like what's your trend forecasting take? Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> I mean, well, to answer your question on how I stay on top of it, truly, mm-hmm. um, my team is so exceptional and knowledgeable in the space, far greater than me. And I really Love say it. that truly. Yeah. And so I've built these um, touch points during our week. One of our favorite um, sort of like weekly meetings mm-hmm. is we have this team brainstorm where we all close our laptops, our phones. We get in a conference room mm-hmm. and we talk about creative campaigns for clients, um, industry trends, what we're noticing on TikTok, what we're recognizing, you know, in our communication with influencers, things that are changing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's through those conversations where we just completely up the ante and our work improves because we take the time to be like deeply, deeply creative. Mm -hmm. Like this is the call to action from a client. What do you guys think? How can we break through the social noise and do something unique and different? Because it's so saturated, repetitive. Right. Absolutely. So I think that, and then also I have um, monthly book clubs with my team because I was like, we're a digital agency and Mm -hmm. we're always on social media and we're always plugged into our phones. Right. But it's so important that we get inspiration offline. And so each month we read different books, whether it's on self-development or on marketing, um, you know, aspects related to that. And I think that's really incredible that we're getting inspired offline for our online work. Um, For sure. Because I feel like that's, so easy how people can get stuck in a rut is when you're just seeing the same thing yeah. over and over and over Every and like over, totally uh, right unlikely inspiration comes from so yes. many places and i also like absolutely love the diversity of my team because we have mm-hmm. one team member who is just an absolute film fanatic and uh-huh. nut, and she brings such valuable knowledge in terms of cultural references with film and oh, then gosh, yeah. other team members who are really really passionate about like sports and, and mm-hmm. they bring like you know or other team members that are really into fashion and trends and go really deep um in in kind of really focusing on like thrifting and vintage and I think everyone bringing their and you know I have my passions too and all mm-hmm. of us bringing our unique points of view it leads to like a really interesting campaign when we're not all just like, oh, the competitor did this campaign, that uh-huh. worked, let's repeat, rinse and repeat, because the second you repeat something, it's over. Like, if you didn't come up with something original in the first place, it's not going to work on social. Absolutely. So. I I love applying that to those brainstorm sessions mm-hmm. of really, like, closing the laptop and yeah. having everyone show up and, like, this is my expertise, let's talk really? about it, and, like, sharing those ideas. Yeah, yeah that's a really meaningful approach. and. I mean, working over Zoom has its perks, but I totally agree of like, you know, hates to sound like a boomer, but being in office and being with people goes a really far way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's such a like touchy subject. And as a business owner, I was really, really thoughtful in the way I approached it because Mm -hmm. I know the value. Like I see my team works Wednesdays and Thursdays in the office and Monday, Tuesday, Fridays remote. And I'm really adamant that we are together those two days mm-hmm. because I can see the magic of being together in the room and our ideas just sparking each other. And we focus on all of our client meetings those days, all of our brainstorms, we mm-hmm. go for lunches. Like it's very much staying connected. 
And then Monday, Tuesday, Fridays, it's really amazing when everybody has time at home to like focus on strategy work or execution or banging out their right their you can really tasks. head down and getting into it and so mm-hmm. i found a balance just it's pretty amazing to have like the post-covid era the like mix yeah them. yeah um but also i very much like encourage everyone to do what works for them so like i mm-hmm. go into the office four days a week because i really like the routine of it and i have one team member that's like you know what i kind of miss that i might join you and mm-hmm. then another one you know works her brain is firing on all cylinders like 7 a.m and so she starts her day early and she leaves yeah. early from um, the office and then another one an evening person she starts a little bit later and so having that flexibility for everybody to like show up in in a way that is most productive for them um, but also having the structure of, like, we're all going to be in the office. We're all going to, like, you know, follow these certain patterns. Yeah. It's been really, like, effective. Oh my gosh, it's, like, best of all the worlds. And really, even from the time aspect, I think that's another thing that gets, like, brushed over a lot in these work-from-home or in-person mm-hmm. conversations. Of like, I know exactly the hours that I do well at work and others that I'm, like, it's time for a coffee. And, like, yeah. i got to go sit down. I'm, like, can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, knowing yourself and being able to apply that. Totally. That's amazing. And having yeah. the freedom too. Like I, I grew up in old school New York mentality of like right. pretending to type at like 9 p.m. just to show face to my boss. Oh yeah. Office. And my brain is <laughs> mush past 5 p.m. Like it's an automatic switch. Hundred percent. Versus like I can wake up at 4 a.m. and just bang out a strategy. I'm a morning person, so mm-hmm. giving my team that freedom and trust also. You can't. That can totally be abused and taken advantage Absolutely. of. And having that mutual trust where I know my team really like respects me enough to honor like what needs to get done but I don't really care when or like where it's just like great quality work you know yeah the trust is key amazing all right so diving into our final curation questions do you have like in a moment a lyric an experience could be anything that really curated your point of view on got you where you are now that's so interesting like a pivotal moment could be a pivotal moment could be a quote it could be Whatever it might be. You know what? Honestly, looking back, I can't say there was a pivotal moment. I don't Mm -hmm. know if there was one aspect. I think working with my business coach and slowly working to unravel all these stories that I was telling myself. Yeah. And seeing how I could rewrite the way in which I lived my life. I showed up to work. I was a manager and a leader to my team. Mm -hmm. I think looking back... Now I'm like, oh my goodness, they're like, that's incredible to see the change and how I've been able to craft a a really dream life for myself. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't because of one day I woke up and, you know, switch or read something, which I'm sure it, it absolutely would happen for others. But I think it was like a soul commitment to asking the questions to testing, trying and learning Mm -hmm. that it kind of evolves. So I don't know if there's one moment, but definitely I would say from the moment I started working with my business coach, Ben, two years ago, Mm -hmm. that probably was like a pretty pivotal moment in my life. That's a great one. Yes. That's an amazing answer. It's a curation journey. It doesn't have to be a pivotal moment. It's a journey. journey. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. (laughs) And then last one, fun question. It's your last meal. You get an app, a main, a dessert. Oh Each with a drink pairing. Oh my god! This is like my go-to date question, and oh. I think it says so much about people. I love it. Oh my okay, what's what your take? What's your take? Okay, so you're <laughs> asking someone who like I live for cooking and hosting, and like oh yes, this is a loaded question I, for I you. I literally like lie in bed imagining this, like, and it's so funny because it's so much more than even just the menu. Like, I really absolutely love 
well, actually, a great example. Like last week, um, I, I hosted um, a, a dinner, and it was mm-hmm. with a really um, renowned chef. And so I was very, very fabulous. Him and his wife, and my husband and I, and I was mm-hmm. extremely intimidated because, like, <laughs> uh, he's so incredible. Yeah, pressure's on. I'm inviting him in my home, but it was this process where I was like, okay, like, you know, what would be? Um, we started off with. Um, amazing charcuterie this mm-hmm. guy from the south of france he lives in long island city and he produces like amazing um saucisson and like <sighs> foie gras and whatnot so oh my gosh okay like, great appetizers and i went to my favorite wine shop and i paired it with um like a really beautiful like crisp bubbly from the loire valley i'm getting really like geeky in this no i love so it but it kind of <laughs> uh, for me it's like i like having a story to tell in a dinner so i mm-hmm. like to I like for everything to kind of fit together and it for it to be purposeful and to really think of like the experience of is it's best friends that we're incredibly comfortable with the mm-hmm. appetizers are like really simple and easy versus is it something that you know we're not too comfortable with the guests that we want it to be a conversation piece to spark like and make people uh-huh. you know excited around the entree or the appetizer. Yeah, um, oh, I love the thoughtful element going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it really makes a difference if you're gonna offer you know like a great guacamole mm-hmm. with friends that you like are in sweats with versus right. someone that you know like this charcuterie led to such a great story because it's like from the region my husband's from and we got it from this guy that we know and whatnot and the pairing was thoughtful. Uh huh. Um, and then from like you know a, a dinner perspective. I always like it to be what some one thing I've learned of having cooked many meals is that the simpler and the easier the better. Like mm-hmm. I used to be sauteing something like five minutes before serving it, and I had to right, do, like right. six fillets and like every <laughs> and it was steaming up the kitchen. I learned like do not do that. So I really like for something to be simple, cook before, just mm-hmm. warm up. So like I did a full fish this last weekend okay. in a bed of salt um, oh, and kind of yes. like baked it in a, in a salt bed. Um, oh my gosh, I saw that on Bourdain recently and yeah, was like, it's so okay, much super easier cool. than it looks. Like it looks real It looked intimidating, yes. <laughs> it's literally like you just like cover a fish in like and okay, cook it for 20 minutes. Super simple. But anyway, so that just to say I, I really love taking the time to curate like every detail from the scents in my home to mm-hmm. the flowers that I choose to the, the wine and how that works with like the menu and really like thinking about it in the perspective of who am I inviting and what will make them most comfortable and excite them. So yeah. very long winded answer to your No, question. that was a fabulous answer. And honestly, I wish on more dates. So like that would be the answer. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it, it's so true because it really so much goes into the atmosphere and mm. the sense and, I like I love dimly lit restaurants, yeah, but like I'm I all about the lighting. I'm all about the lighting. lighting. Oh yeah, like I will not go to a restaurant if I like look at the pictures on Instagram. I'm like, yeah. that lighting sucks. Oh for like, sure, absolutely it can not. Ruin a meal, truly, it does. The it temperature, does. the like smell, the like the lighting, all of that. And you oh, think yeah. of those dinners you go to that are so memorable. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's the most basic, easy. Like it can be guacamole. It can be something so simple. But it's 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 just like the thought and the care and the details that matters. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> that. And it goes, it ties back to all the things of business curation, life curation. So fabulous. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so this much. So I fun. really enjoyed thank this you. conversation. 